or the, the, the time when you got saved, I'm talking about today. Have you opened the door of your heart to Jesus today? It's a daily thing. It's not a one-time thing. Some people apply this verse in such a way that it only has to do with conversion. I believe it has to do with every day of our life. Jesus is knocking every day. And we are called by him to hear that voice and to open our hearts in prayer. So to pray is to open the door of our heart to Jesus. Lutheran theologian O'Hallisby in his book on prayer writes, to pray is nothing more involved than to let Jesus into our needs. To pray is to give Jesus permission to employ his power, his power in the alleviation of our distress. To pray is to let Jesus glorify his name in the midst of our needs. This is what we see in the account of the paralytic in Mark chapter 2. Jesus' power employed in the alleviation of that paralytic's distress. Letting Jesus glorify his name in the midst of the paralytic's needs. To pray is to open the door of your heart to Jesus. And that opening of your heart to Jesus comes with a certain attitude. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Last week we said that to pray is to open the door of our heart. Today we're going to talk about the attitudes of prayer. What attitude is inherent in prayer? You see, only a person with the right attitude will open the door of their heart to Jesus. Those with hearts filled with pride, with pride, they won't pray, and they won't open the door of their heart to Jesus. The prideful and the self-sufficient, they don't even hear the knock. They don't hear the knock. They think that they have what it takes. They're deaf to the voice of Jesus. They do not have ears to hear. And because they do not have ears to hear, they will not hear the knock, and the door will not be opened. Luther and theologian O'Hallisby points to two things, or two attitudes, attitudes of the heart, a heart which is open to Jesus. Those two attitudes are helplessness, helplessness, and faith. Helplessness and faith. Today we will talk about helplessness in prayer. That's what the sermon's about, helplessness in prayer. Next week, Lord willing, we plan to speak about faith, faith. In prayer. If you are not helpless, if you do not realize your helplessness before God, you won't pray. You won't pray. And if you do not have faith, if you do not believe, you won't pray. But today we talk about helplessness. Hallisby wrote, as far as I can see, prayer has been given only for the helpless. Prayer has been given only for the helpless. He goes on to say, prayer and helplessness are inseparable. Only those who are helpless can truly pray. This is what we're going to dig into. So if, if prayer is for the helpless, guess what? I qualify. I qualify. And you qualify for prayer. I am helpless and you are helpless. But too often, 
I don't recognize that I'm helpless. And too often, you do not recognize that you're helpless. So we don't always recognize our helplessness before God. One way we can illustrate the principle of an attitude of helplessness in prayer is by considering a small child or a baby. What did Jesus have to say about children? Matthew 18, 2 through 4, at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest? And calling to him a child, a child, and actually in the Greek we can translate that as small child or infant, and calling to him a small child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, Unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child, small child or infant, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I love babies. How many of you here like babies? Man. Then they get older, and then they're, they're eh, I don't know, I, I still love my children, but <laughs> you really love them when they're babies, right? So neat to raise babies. They're the best. But a baby is completely helpless. A baby needs a grown-up to provide care. Without an adult that cares, the baby would die, right? Unless you, unless you turn, change, and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you recognize your helplessness, you'll never enter the kingdom. You'll never pray. You'll never grow in your faith. I think this helps us to understand prayer. This helps us to understand the attitude of prayer. Without God, we would die. I believe that without God, we would die not only spiritually, but also physically. Right now, God's grace is being bestowed upon us that we would eat and breathe and live. We're helpless without him. Without him, we have nothing, neither spiritual life nor physical life. We're all helpless. We live under the care of a loving Heavenly Father. And if He stopped caring for us, we would no longer even live. But here's the thing. Some people understand this reality and other people don't. Some people recognize the reality of their helplessness before Almighty God. But other people are self-sufficient. They think they have what it takes and that they don't need a thing from God. The same is true of the paralyzed man in Mark chapter 2. We see this contrast of those who understood their helplessness. Obviously, the man laying on the mat, he understood his helplessness. He couldn't even walk. But much more significant than that, he understood his bankruptcy before God as a sinner. 
And, and his, his friends, the four friends that carried him, they too came in this attitude of helplessness. They loved their friend. And they couldn't do anything to make him better. So they come before Jesus with this attitude of helplessness. They always have these religious leaders. Prideful. Self-sufficient. They see no need for the forgiveness of sins, nor of the ministry of Jesus. And isn't the same true today? Let's go and look more closely at the account of the paralytic in Mark 2, because I believe that it's oozing with this theme of helplessness in prayer. If we could put it back up on the screen, Matt, that'd be awesome. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Do a little expository teaching through this. Mark chapter 2, 1 through 12. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. Significant. And he was preaching the word to them. That's for a different sermon. We could spend a, a series just on the importance of preaching. He was preaching the word to them, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. When they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Listen to this. And when Jesus saw what? He saw their faith. He saw their faith. You see, this is the open heart. This is the heart that is hearing uh, the knock and the voice of Jesus. This is the heart that is open. They saw their faith. And he said to the paralytic, this is so significant, son, your sins are forgiven. This is the big need. This, that phrase right there is, is really at the center of all of this. Son, your sins are forgiven. Because this is true helplessness. To recognize our bankruptcy and our weakness and our inability to stand before a righteous and holy God because of our sin. None of us have the power to forgive sins and none of us have the power to forgive ourselves. Only God can forgive. And each and every one of us are bankrupt. We stand before God as sinners and we need the forgiveness of sins. Only God can forgive sins. Now some of the scribes are sitting there and here we go. Here we go. Questioning in their hearts. This is the heart that does not hear the voice of Jesus. This is the heart that will not open the door of the heart to Jesus. Questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Notice there is a, a huge element of doctrinal truth in that statement. It's true, nobody can forgive sins but God alone. But they fail to recognize who Jesus is and to believe in who Jesus is. 
They are closed hearts. They refuse to believe. They fail to recognize that Jesus is Emmanuel, that he is Emmanuel, God with us, with the power to forgive sins. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit, Here's the omniscience of God and the person of Jesus Christ. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed, and he went out before them all. Listen to this, so that they were all amazed. It doesn't say they all believed in Jesus, but they're all amazed. And they did glorify God, saying, we never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like this. So we see the concept of open hearts and closed hearts, but we also are taught about this principle of helplessness here too. So now we get to the heart of it. I ask you this question. Have you come to the point where you realize and recognize that you're helpless? You believe that you're helpless. Do you see yourself as one of the faith-filled men who brought their friend to Jesus? Do you see yourself and one of the four friends who who were helpless and they knew that only Jesus could solve the problem? Or better yet, do you see yourself as the paralytic? Couldn't even get up and walk. We ought to see ourselves in those who recognized their helplessness that day. We need to identify ourselves with these people who had faith to believe and that faith was prompted by their helplessness. So much of the time, so often I do not pray. I do not pray. Um, I have good days. I'm happy. And I don't pray. Then I have bad days, and it's difficult, and I don't pray. Because I think I have what it takes to solve this problem. Rather than getting on my knees and praying to God for him to employ his power in the alleviation of my distress, I go out and I try to solve my own problems in life. If you're honest today, and I only want honest people here today, you'll say that's true of me too. That's true of me too. This is why I love something called the liturgy. I know we're Lutheran brethren, and we don't use the liturgy very often. How many of you grew up in a traditional Lutheran church? Raise your hand here. How many of you remember something called uh, uh, confession and absolution? All right. Before the service starts, I love this part of the Lutheran service. We should do it here more often. We come before the Lord and we confess. What do we confess? 
we confess that we are sinful. In other words, it is that confession corporately as a congregation, and and if we mean it individually, that we need God, that we are helpless before him. And so we pray, most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. And because of this, we justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Forgive us. Renew us. And lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. You don't have to pray that prayer from rote. You can pray it from your heart. This is the cry of the helpless. This was the cry of the paralytic in today's gospel lesson. Though we do not hear him speak, Jesus could see into his heart because his heart was open. He could see into his heart, and he could see that this was the cry of his heart. I've come across two types of people in my ministry. There are those who do not need to hear that they are sinners, because they've heard it over and over and over again. And I believe this is the case of the paralytic. I believe the paralytic didn't need to hear the word that he is a sinner because I believe that he felt and he carried that burden with him and it it was a a much greater affliction upon him than than his paralysis. He carried that burden. And there are so many people who come into our church, they don't need to hear that they're sinners because they've heard it their whole life. What they need to hear, what they need to hear is son, daughter, child, your sins are forgiven. Jesus loves you. He takes away your sins. Do you know that today? Maybe you're here today. You've carried the guilt of sin. Hear this word from Jesus. I forgive you. I forgive you. Your sins are washed away. But I've met other people in in my ministry, and they're the complete opposite. They think that they don't need forgiveness. They mock Jesus. They mock the preaching of the word. They're self-sufficient. They'll never hear this word. They'll never receive this word. They won't hear the word of forgiveness of Jesus because they don't think that they need his forgiveness. And these are those who should not even hear the word of forgiveness because there's just no openness to it. Their hearts are completely locked up and closed. It isn't until they come to recognize their helplessness that their heart will be softened and opened. And that's what we pray for in so many people. In closing today, Psalm 95, I believe Psalm 95 captures the essence of what we're talking about today. Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. 
Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Manasseh in the wilderness when our fathers put me to the test or put me to the proof. Though they had seen my work, for 40 years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Don't harden your hearts. Open your heart to Jesus by recognizing your helplessness and your need for him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, today this altar is open. It is open to you. You are invited by Jesus Christ to come here and to receive. But I tell you this, it is only open to those who recognize their helplessness, to those who recognize their need for the body of Jesus which was broken upon the cross and the blood of Jesus which was shed upon the cross. It is only open to those who recognize their need. Because when you come here with an open heart, you receive what Jesus promises. You receive his body. You receive his blood. You receive the assurance that you are loved, that you are forgiven, and that everlasting life belongs to you. So we invite you to come. We invite you to receive with open hearts, understanding this one reality. I need Jesus. I need his grace. The table's open. Jesus is here. Come forth. Come and receive when the elements are prepared. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. In many ways, this is a difficult message because it reveals the true condition of who we are. But it's also probably the most beautiful message. It's the message of your forgiveness. For those whose hearts are hard, you have softened them. You have opened them. Not only have you opened that, but you've opened our ears so that we can hear the knocking. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for revealing yourself to us today. And continue to work in our hearts in such a way that even after we leave this service, and as we go about our week, and as we go about our lives, that daily we would recognize our helplessness before you so that we could hear you knocking, so we could open the doors of our hearts to you to develop this relationship with you through prayer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.